Good afternoon, my fellow Americans. Welcome back to America First. I'm your host, JWR. We have a few things to talk about today, but before we get into that, we have our weekly segment of Today in History. Today in History, in 1922, the USS Langley is commissioned and was the U.S. Navy's first aircraft carrier. And it definitely wasn't the last. Quite, and they've also gotten quite larger. But uh, that was the first. So yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't really have much to talk about that one. Uh, anyway, on to the... First... The Pentagon hosted a press conference to provide an update on the war in Ukraine. Department spokesperson John Kirby addressed a recent airstrike conducted on a training facility in Ukraine over the weekend. During the briefing, Kirby revealed that the Florida National Guard conducted training exercises at the facility, at the facility a few weeks prior to the attack, but that the facility was uninhabited at the time of the strike. Our understanding is that these were cruise missiles fired from aircraft long range on the y Yavariv training facility where in west there in western Ukraine, he explained. I can assure you that there were no US military personnel there at that training facility. That's where the Florida National Guard had been doing their training before they left a few weeks ago. No US contractors there, no US civilians, no government, US government personnel there at all. Kirby also gave an update on the Pentagon's reaction to Russia's progress in the aftermath of the attack. He also confirmed the absence of any plans to establish a no-fly zone, stating Russia lacks the air superiority over Ukraine to justify the move. It doesn't change, he noted. I think our general understanding that they continue to be frustrated by a very stiff Ukrainian resistance and they are not making the kind of progress on the ground that we believe they thought they would be making by this point. The briefing concluded with Kirby addressing the Biden administration's effort, uh, efforts to send aid to Ukraine. According to the spokesman, they are close to running out of out of the $350 million package signed by President Joe Biden. We're nearly at the end of the $350 million, uh, sorry, million dollar package that the president signed over a week ago. He stated we've got almost all that into our into their hands. The remaining items should be arriving very, very soon, and then we are already to, at work trying to figure out what the next drawdown package of $200 million is going to look like. In the meantime, the Pentagon remains confident in the Ukraine military's efforts to fight off the Russian invasion. Next, the New York Police Department revealed the identity of the man suspected of shooting five homeless men across New York and the Washington, D.C. at a 30-year-old man was arrested by D.C. Metropolitan Police after being suspected responsible for the recent killings. Authorities were able to identify Gerald Reverd III after receiving an anonymous tip. The tip came after the police departments from both cities released images and footages of who they believed to be the suspect. At approximately 2.30 a.m., 30-year-old Gerald Brevard of Southeast D.C. was taken into custody by our partners in the Washington Field Office of the ATF, referring to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, stated Robert J. Conti III, Chief of Metropolitan Police. Our partnership with the community 
and across the criminal justice system proved extremely valuable, leading us to a swift identification of our suspect and ultimate apprehension here in Washington, D.C. According to D.C. police, Brevard is the prime suspect for their investigation into several crimes in the city, including the murder of 54-year-old uh, and two cases of assault with a dangerous weapon. Mr. Brevard was charged in each of the district's three offenses. Chief Conti continued. Charges include first-degree murder while armed for the shooting and stabbing homicide of 54-year-old Morgan Holmes on March 9th. The assault with the intent to kill for the shooting offense on March 8th, and assault with a dangerous weapon for the initial shooting offense on March 3rd. Additional charges for offenses committed in New York are anticipated. Meanwhile, in New York, Brevard remains a person of interest in an investigation of two incidents in which two homeless individuals were shot in their sleep. Brevard remains in the custody of the D.C. Metropolitan Police Department, where he is being interviewed by authorities. So, like I always say with that, stay safe out there, take care of yourselves, watch out, and yeah, stay safe. Next, Ohioans can soon carry a concealed weapon without a permit. On Monday, State Governor Mike DeWine signed a bill into law eliminating the requirement of needing a concealed carry permit. The Senate bill will allow Ohio residents 21 years of age and older to legally own a gun without a permit or training uh, or special training. It also removed the legal requirements for gun owners to tell police they are armed when stopped. This means law enforcement will have to ask, but lying will render a misdemeanor resulting up to six months in jail. Supporters of the law noted both the U.S. and Ohio constitutions guarantee the right to bear arms while also mentioning it will make people safer by lifting restrictions on their ability to carry a concealed firearm to protect themselves. Uh, Buckeye Firearms Association Director Dean Reek said this is a great moment for the, for the history of Ohio. What we're trying to do is to allow Ohioans to exercise their constitutional right without that burden because no other constitutional right requires you to jump through that many hoops, he stated. The measure, dubbed Constitutional Carry by uh, its supporters, is one of several GOP-backed proposals in recent years seeking to expand gun rights. Despite people in Ohio no longer needing a gun license, residents will still need to apply for a permit if they plan to carry a concealed weapon over state lines. Meanwhile, Ohio will become the 23rd state to exercise their right to carry without having to go through red tape, despite many Democrat leaders saying the bill will make the state more dangerous. Furthermore, advocates for the law say it gains major ground in getting the Second Amendment restored. Next, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky once again pled to Congress for a humanitarian no-fly zone. He appeared virtually to members in the Visitor Center Auditorium on Capitol Hill Wednesday, asking Congress to increase sanctions and restrictions on all Russian polit uh, politicians. In his no-fly zone request, Zelensky referred per, referenced Pearl Harbor in 9-11, pointing out that innocent people experienced aerial attacks and that it and that is what Ukrainians are experiencing every day. U.S. President Joe Biden is reportedly planning to unveil a massive aid package for Ukraine, according to the Wall Street Journal. Biden's plan costs more than $1 billion and aims to send military equipment to the Ukrainian resistance. Uh, the money will reportedly come from the 
omnid omnibus package as lawmakers from both sides of the aisle have been pressing Biden to do more. The U.S. president is expected to make his announcement soon. In the meantime, State Department spokesperson Ned Price said the U.S. still hopes to solve things with Russian diplomacy, or with Russia diplomatically. During a press uh, briefing Tuesday, Price said the people of Russia and Russian-backed Belarus do not agree with the their government's war. He called on them to come to the table to settle their dispute with Ukraine. Price also took aim at Russia's crackdown on free speech while pointing to the 15,000 protesters and journalists that have been detained since the invasion of Ukraine started. Russian journalists are being prosecuted for being or for doing the uh, vital work you all do here, which is to report, interview, and share the truth about what is happening, explained the State Department spokesperson. The people of Russia have the right to know about thousands and thousands of casualties they're, ta they're taking in Ukraine, as well as the civilian casualties and widespread destruction of the civilian infrastructure. Price also spoke out on the death of a Fox News video journalist in Ukraine, saying he's heartbroken regarding the loss of life. Our uh, hearts, our, yeah, our hearts and stuff go out to the family of that uh, reporter and everyone who's you know losing people. Uh. Hopefully things start to turn around. I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see in, you know, the coming weeks and stuff. But uh, yeah. Next, House Republicans are calling for President Joe Biden to provide military aircraft to Ukraine so they can establish a no-fly zone on their own. In a press conference after hearing from Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky Wednesday, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said there is a bipartisan support for sending fighter jets to Ukraine. McCarthy and Republicans also praised Zelensky and the Ukrainian people while highlighting their resistance to Russian aggression. GOP lawmakers called for Biden to impose more sanctions on Russian President Vladimir Putin's regime. House Minority Whip Steve Scalas also spoke, calling on Biden to step up and take away Putin's leverage on energy while suggesting uh, he should open the nation's uh, oil reserves. Meanwhile, Biden announced $800 million in new assistance to Ukraine, allowing Zelensky's address to Congress. While speaking uh, from the White House, Biden said he's approving the funds in addition to the $200 million already sent over uh, making $1 billion going to Ukraine from the U.S. in the past week. The assistance includes military equipment, includes drones, guns, and ammunition, radar systems, and missiles. Biden also touted $300 million going toward humanitarian assistance, including tens of thousands of tons of food, water, and medical supplies. While speaking on sanctions against Russia, Biden said his goal is to punish Putin for starting the war and to isolate him on the world stage. He also said the U.S. will support Ukraine's economy with direct financial assistance and highlighted the importance keeping uh, up pressure on Putin as well as his regime to end the war. Next, at least nine people were killed following a fatal head-on collision between a pickup truck and a van in Texas. Six college students from the University of, South, of the Southwest 
their head golf coach and a 13-year-old were among those killed in the crash Tuesday. Meanwhile, two students remain in critical condition at local hospitals, according to Texas Department of Public Safety officials. The university's men's and women's golf team was heading back to New Mexico after their tournament in Midland. This was a head-on crash. One of the vehicles involved belonged to the University of the Southwest, uh, announced Sergeant Stephen Blanco of the Texas Department of Public Safety. It was transporting the men's and women's golf team from a golf tournament here in the West Texas area. Tragically, there are deceased and there are deceased in that vehicle. According to authorities, a Dodge pickup truck drove into the northbound lane Tuesday night in turn, striking the van the team was traveling in head-on. Both vehicles burst into flames following the collision. The driver of the pickup truck and the 13-year-old passenger were pronounced dead. The coach killed in the crash was identified as 26-year-old Tyler James, who was reportedly in his first year in charge of the men's and women's teams. From the first time I met Tyler, you could tell his goal in life and his dream job was to be a golf coach, said Ryan Irwin, VP of Student Engagement in East Texas Baptist University. And he took his role very seriously. Even though he was still a graduate student, he served as a deep, as a very dependable assistant coach. He loved mentoring, investing in the li- and investing in the lives of the golfers. In the meantime, the National Transportation Safety Board is sending a 12-member team to investigate the incident, and officials say the probe could take around 18 to 24 months. The sad, bad, bad situation. You know, you gotta be careful when driving and stuff, especially at night. You gotta watch it out for yourself. You're watching out for the other drivers. Uh, our hearts go out to the people that lost parents and grandparents and whoever. Friends, family, they lost people in the, uh, in the crash. And, uh, but yeah. Make sure you stay safe out there. You know. Always, always be watching. But, uh. On to the next. A group of 52 Republicans support a resolution to prohibit President Joe Biden from restoring the 2015 nuclear deal with Iran. GOP lawmakers who were led by Congressman Jim Banks explained that renewing the Iran nuclear deal would help the Ayatollah, uh, would help the Ayatollah would advance their nuclear program and create a weapon of mass destruction. Representative Banks stressed the Iranian government supports terror groups across the Middle East. He pointed out Iran conducted a missile strike on a U.S. consulate in Iraq just this past weekend. Republicans also asserted uh, Biden is negotiating and sending money to terrorists who openly want to kill Americans. Republicans noted even if Biden succeeds at restoring the Iran deal, it will be terminated again by the 47th U.S. president. Next and finally, the House of Representatives passed a bill suspending regular trade relations with Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. In a 424-8 vote on Thursday, House lawmakers voted in support of removing permanent normal trade relations status with Russia and Belarus to inflict economic pain on Russia. 
Russia's cruel and unprovoked invasion has already forced nearly 3 million Ukrainians to flee their homes, creating what the United Nations has called the greatest, the fastest growing refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. That House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Uh, because Putin shows no sign of ceasing his horrible aggression, the Congress today will take another step in lockstep with many of our allies as in as is the Biden administration to tighten our stranglehold on the Russian economy. Prior to the vote, Republican Representative Victoria Sparts, the only Ukrainian-born member of Congress, made an emotional appeal. They cannot just go kill a bunch of people, destroy cities, kill women and children, and then go back and have business as usual, she asserted. Congress is sending a very strong message. If they want to have peace, it better be soon. And they better get to the table and stop this insanity and killing of the Ukrainian people. She further added, it's also vital that close Russian ally Belarus is included in the act and must also suffer the consequences. People of Belarus need to understand that their leader is part of what is happening in this genocide in Ukraine. Uh, Sparks continued, and we cannot create a loophole where Putin is going where Putin is going to use uh, Belarus to funnel money through them, or funnel his money through them. Additionally, Representative Glenn Grothman, uh, who voted against the legislation, said he had concerns about the part of the bill that would alter uh, human rights known as Mag Magnitsky Act. The measure will allow Joe Biden to increase tariffs on the two nations until January 1st, 2024. However, the bill still has to pass in the Senate before heading to the president's desk. And that's all we have this week. Thank you for listening on today's episode. Uh, been moving, like I said. So the the when the midweek report has been delayed quite a bit. Uh, we should be back on track this week, though. But uh, be sure to check out previous episodes to stay up to date, and follow us on Twitter at capital S lowercase C M B A G capital N. Any and all profits, including sponsor revenue and viewer donated revenue, will be donated to the Series Fund Network for Disabled Kids. Uh, so if you do decide to donate to us, you know where your money is going. So until the next time, America, I've been your host, JWR. Remember, stay informed, stay involved, and keep America first. Mm -hmm.